welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. I am Bill McLaughlin, Editorial Director for Bridge Tower Media's Home Furnishings Division, which includes Furniture Today, Home Textiles Today, Home Accents Today, Designers Today, as you can tell, we make the most of today. Gifts and decorative accessories, home furnishing news, and casual living. Um, Gene is a renowned speaker, small business expert. He's uh, appeared on Fox News, is a regular columnist in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inc. Magazine. Uh, he has spoken at both Furniture Today's Leadership Conference and will be a speaker at our upcoming betting conference in August. Um, Looking forward to it. His presentation will be sponsored by Therapeutic, and I believe, Gene, you've also spoken um, at Therapeutic events. So, yeah, did that a couple um, years ago, so I'm looking forward to it. It'd be great. Well, good. Let's, let's jump right into it. I mm. mean, talking before we went on air about how quickly things are changing and how concerned people are and how much they need good information. What kinds of information are you offering? What kinds of counsel can you give sure. to small businesses who right now are just really getting hammered? Yeah, so I have a lot of information to share, Bill. So I'll talk for a bit, and then I'm going to ask, um, by all means, you know, if, if you've got questions, if you're watching this, by all means, send in your questions. I'll be happy to answer them to the best of my ability. Uh, some of the facts are changing, but then again, a lot of things are becoming uh, more clarified, so, which is good news as we're getting things along. So um, here, here, here's the situation. Um, if you are running a business, a small business like mine, I have 10 employees. So a lot of this stuff I'm talking about is stuff that I'm actually doing as well because it's, and we're recommending a lot of our clients um, and you're, you're feeling the pain, you need help. There is help available for you. Um, let, me, let me talk about uh, first and foremost and most importantly is the help from the federal government. So right now, uh, the federal government is offering help in two big ways. Number one is they are offering straight loans through the Small Business Administration, SBA, sba.gov, and those loans are called the Economic Injury Disaster Loans. It's actually a loan program bill that's been set up already. It's been around for many years, and it was designed to help business owners that were uh, experiencing, you know, they were in flood areas or hurricanes, you know, it's for disasters. And it's just been expanded. Uh, because every state has been allowed to declare themselves a disaster zone because of the coronavirus pandemic. And now these loans are available uh, for small businesses. And they've been refunded with a lot of money uh, from the government to do that. These loans are a little bit different. They're issued directly by the SBA. So you can go there, you can fill out on sba.gov the loan application, um, and then go through a very quick approval process. And then they will get you money within a week of, of applying for these loans. The loans are very low interest rate. They are, if you're a, if you're a nonprofit, which I don't think many people watching this maybe are, but um, the, those rates are 2.75%. For-profit companies are 3.75%. You can borrow up to $2 million and you can pay that back over a 30 year time period as well. So uh, it's a long time uh, to pay back. It's just like a $50,000 loan uh, would cost you a few hundred bucks a month, like 280 bucks a month. 
uh, to pay it back over that. So that, that's a pretty good thing. And what I'm hearing from the SBA is that sort of the green light is on their, you know, the, the approval requirements for those loans are, have been relaxed significantly. Um, you can definitely, you know, most businesses would be able to be uh, approved for loans. If you're a small retail shop, if you're an independent contractor, if you're a sole proprietor, uh, you've just, you've got your own business. You, you file a, a, you know, a C-Corp tax return or an S-Corp tax return, or you, know, you can apply for these loans. You are applicable to get these loans. So I urge you to, to go ahead and do that. Um, in addition, they just started this other program just this week. It kind of took me by surprise, but if you apply for a loan, they will immediately, immediately, uh, when I say within a couple of days, advance you $10,000 against that loan approval. If for some reason the loan gets declined, you keep the $10,000. It's like a grant from the government. But if the loan gets, uh, obviously gets accepted, that $10,000 becomes part of your loan balance. So just want to make sure I'm clear on that bill. That's like the first thing that I want to talk about. There's two big parts to this, but part number one is Economic Injury Disaster Loans, SBA.gov. Does that make sense to you? Did I, did I explain yeah, it right? makes a lot of sense. And, and I mean, that's completely separate from the CARES Act that everybody's talking about. Correct. That's I'm going to get to that soon. And, and that the government is really taking action on very quickly that people can get almost immediate relief. That's a, a really important piece of information. Correct. So it's good stuff. So um, you brought it up and, and I was going to get to it next. And so let's talk about the CARES Act. Okay. And the CARES Act passed. Uh, it was a week ago when it passed. Um, it is now getting up and running. Um, and here's what the deal is with, with, with the CARES Act for, for us as business owners. It set aside a $377 billion fund, most of it being allocated towards another program for business owners for relief. Uh, it's being called the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, it is under Section 7A of SBA loans. Not that that's important, but that's what it is. Uh, and this is different in the sense that you can only get this loan through a bank. Now, Secretary Mnuchin has said that all banks that are insured by the FDIC and financial lenders are able to give out these loans. My recommendation to my clients, excuse me, is to focus on just those banks that are SBA approved banks. So um, those are banks that are already lenders with the SBA. Uh, they're familiar with the process. They've done these loans before. Because what they've done is they've taken this existing loan prog pro program called Section 7A and expanded it. So you want people with experience. Where do you find an SBA banker? You can go to sba.gov. They have a search engine that you can look for. It ain't working very well. <laughs> so your best option is to go just Google and look for a small business association, SBA banker near me, SBA lender near me, and you will find that banker. If you are working with a larger bank, uh, my advice to you is to find the people that specialize in SBA loans at that larger bank. Uh, your regular banker might not be so familiar with some of these rules. So you got to find the banker. Is there a way to find, to, to find who those people are? You got to ask, you got to ask. So if you're dealing with a Wells Fargo or Bank of America, or Cap One, you know, any of those big guys, whatever, um, go on their website or, or call them. But you know, you, you got to make the effort to ask and find who their SBA banking. And the large the bank is something that you have a group of people that handle this. And this group, these people are being inundated right now. And let me explain to you why. These loans work in this way. You can apply for a loan. The loan is for based on your payroll. And the definition of payroll is pretty large. It's your payroll over the last 12 months and it's expenses like compensation, retirement, health insurance, vacation, uh, severance pay, and 
independent contractors that you paid that didn't necessarily perform a service, but you were paying them like instead of paying them as employees. So there's a little bit of gray area there as to how they're treated, but you will probably get most independent contractors that you use can be part of this calculation. You come up with your payroll for the past 12 months and you, you can take two and a half times that amount and that's what you would be available to borrow from this banker under the SBA program. So again, if you've got payroll of $1,000, you can borrow $2,500 from the bank, if that makes sense. The total loan that you can borrow is actually $10 million that you can borrow. The interest rates are, can be very low at 0.5% up to 4%. And the term of the loan can be paid back anywhere from two years to 10 years. You're gonna negotiate that with your SBA banker. It's all about your banker. But here's the big deal. You get the loan and then between an, for an eight week period, between February 15th and June 30th, your payroll expenses, the same expenses that you used in that calculation, plus interest on your mortgage, rental payments, and you know, utility costs that you have as well, you, those costs, you could submit them back to your banker and those amounts would be forgiven from the loan which means that if you took out a $10,000 loan and say you had $7,000 in those costs during that eight week period, your loan balance will go down to $3,000, which means that it's basically free money from the government. They're, they're actually just granting you that money to use to hopefully get you through uh, this pandemic. That's what it is. There are some restrictions on the loans, just to make sure. One big one is you cannot include in any of these calculations any employee um, for with any compensation over $100,000 a year. So if you've got an employee making $140,000 a year, you can only include the first 100,000 of it. And if you lay people off during this period, you will be penalized. The amount of forgiveness uh, will be reduced because of that. So you have to work on that with your banker. Um, go ahead, you were gonna ask me a question. When you say the amount of forgiveness, so there, is there a forgiveness around the number of employees that you retain? The forgiveness is the actual expenses. So you know, say you, you, at the end of June 30th, you're gonna go back to your banker, say in July, and you're gonna say, hey, you know, banker, during this eight week period in our agreement uh, that ended whenever it ended in between June 15th and June 30th, here was my payroll costs that we agreed on, here's my utility bills, here's uh, you know, what, what I paid for rent or lease payments during that, you submit that to your banker, and your banker says, thank you very much. I'm going to reduce the outstanding balance of your loan for those amounts. So it's based on your actual costs that you incurred during that period. But you don't get that forgiveness if you lay off employees during that. Correct. You don't get all of the forgiveness. The idea of these programs is to keep people employed so they don't go to unemployment. So and they're hoping that they can help the employers out to keep people on their payroll and to keep them going. So that's, that's important to know. So I, I have a question here specific to that. Um, is it two and a half times the monthly average payroll or yes. the annual payroll? So you take your annual payroll and then you take an average off of the annual payroll and then it's two and a half months of your, your average payroll. That's what it is. Okay, so it's not two and a half times of your average. So you don't take, let's say your, your, average, your annual payroll was $10 million. Right. Not two and a half times 10 million. It's two and a half times two and a half average monthly but right so that's correct so, so hold on so when you're looking at what's what's available to you if your if your payroll was 10 million over that 12 month period of time then it is 
two and a half times what your annual payroll is. That's, what, that's what's available to you. But it is, again, it's up to $10 million. What you can go for forgiveness is just during that eight-week period of time, if that makes sense. Okay. Good. Are there other parts of this CARES Act that companies need to be aware of? You know, there's additional money that's put aside for some counseling um, from the Small Business Development Centers and SCORE, uh, which is an agency of the SBA. So I, I do think that that's good in the sense that if you are looking for some help, some business advice, some, some free business advice by experienced people, uh, go you know, look up Small Business Development Centers or look up SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Those are both agencies of the SBA. And they can provide people that can counsel you and advise you and help you through all of this. And it's free advice from people that have experience. These aren't government workers. These are uh, people that, that have done this for a living before. And they're all, they're, a lot of them are volunteering their time. When people factor in those expenses that they can use to get forgiveness, um, do leasing expenses, rental expenses on facilities, do those kinds of things get included in that as well? Right. So when you're looking for forgiveness itself, just to, just to make it clear, and I'm going to read off, there's actually a document and, you know, I can send you, um, Bill, if you want, like what, um, you know, some of the D's, like a link to this document from the treasury department, but just to read it off when you're, when you're, what's considered to be payroll costs for starters, salaries, wages, commissions, or tips are all part of payroll costs, employee benefits, including vacation, health insurance premiums, disability premiums, and payroll taxes, as well as independent contractor expenses as well, can figure into your payroll costs. Those are, that's the definition of what they're calling it. And that's what you multiply times 2.5. And that's also what you're eligible to receive uh, as far as uh, forgiveness when you, when you put in those actual expenses. Now, in addition to those payroll costs, you can submit your costs for your rent payments, which includes lease on your office, for example, or the interest of your on your mortgage, if you have if that's different. It's the, again designed to help you pay for your facility costs, right? So either your rental payments or your interest on your mortgage, as well as your utilities costs during that eight-week period, those are all eligible for forgiveness. Sounds like a great program. Um, we're getting a number of questions about independent contractors yep. and people who um, might be self-employed. I know in a lot of the industries we cover, there are a lot of um, independent manufacturers reps who are very often 1099 employees. They have their own office. They may work from home. Um, whether it's through the SBA program we talked about earlier or what we're talking about now, what things are available for those? Great questions? question. So believe it or not, the, for independent contractors, there's actually quite a few options that you have, and you're going to have to weigh what you think is better. And let me go through. Um, for starters, you can apply for unemployment. Uh, the unemployment rules have been relaxed uh, by federal mandate. So now every state is uh, required to provide unemployment compensation, not only for employees of companies, but independent contractors. And that includes sales reps or realtors or people just working from home, even if you are, you have a, an LLC or a sole proprietor, but you work as an independent contractor um, for a couple of different companies, um, you can apply for unemployment. So I would urge you to do that. You show evidence of the income that you've been earning so that you can justify what you think you're owed from the state. And remember the state is also required to add up to $600 per paycheck per stimulus bill as well. So some of the independent contractors that I know, um, they're applying to their states and they're, they're actually getting um, a pretty good deal as to what they're you know, to compensate them for. And I remember that's four months. That'll take you through July. 
So I, I absolutely uh, recommend that you apply through your state. Just keep in mind, the states are inundated right now with requests, and, and I know I've been reading a lot of them are falling behind, and so it's, you're just going to have to be a little bit patient and, and dealing with the state system. Option number one. Option number two is being contractors, sole proprietors, as businesses as well. Remember, you can't double dip. You can't get unemployment and then also go to the SBA. But if you want to take the business route, you can do the same option that I just spoke about. You can apply for an economic you know, injury loan, for example. And as an independent contractor, you can get a loan at very low interest that could see you through these days. And then you just have to pay it off as a loan. But again, it's a low interest loan and the terms can be up to 30 years. The other thing you could do is you can apply under the Paycheck Protection Act as an independent contractor uh, because independent contractor salaries you know, are eligible for getting reimbursed under that Paycheck Protection Act. So you can apply for it, go to an SBA banker, uh, ask to apply through it for your business. Um, the only person there is you as the independent contractor, that's fine. Uh, but as you can show a tax ID number uh, that you have a business, a business account, a business for, uh, tax forms that you're filing, a C-Corp, an S-Corp, an LLC, for example, then the bank can loan you the money as a business and then forgive whatever costs that you have. Now, remember, as an independent contractor, none of these loans um, or programs are designed to substitute loss of income other than the unemployment program. So, you know, what the banker is going to be saying to you is, I don't care that you're not getting any income anymore. I just want to reimburse you for any costs that you have. So if you don't have any costs, you're not going to be able to get much of a loan. So your best option may just be just going to your state and applying for unemployment insurance directly from your state, because that will take care of your lost income. I hope that makes sense. It does. And the questions are just stacking up here. I mean, they're turning and turning. Well, that was something, wasn't it? Nothing like getting the inside story from the experts. Speaking of experts, nobody knows more about comfort, quality, and value than Klausner, the leading solutions provider to the home furnishings industry, and where you'll find my latest furniture collection, City Limits. Now let's get back to more industry news from Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Someone asks, if you apply for an SBA disaster loan, would that still allow you to apply for the PPP CARES Act, or is it one or the other? So it does. So you can apply for both loans, and my recommendation is to apply for both loans. Just, to, just because you're applying, and even if you get accepted, doesn't necessarily mean you have to take the money from both places. You can always decline one if, if it's too much for you. But the rules are, and, and it's just so you know, it's, this is, the rules are this. You can't use one for the other. So the, the SBA is, is almost trusting you to say, if you do get a loan through the Economic Injury Disaster Program and uh, you can't use it to pay for the same payroll that you're getting a loan from the payroll protection loan that you're gonna get reimbursed for. Um, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of overlap there. I, I, the people that I talked to at the SBA and also some of my banker friends, um, a lot of them, they say off the record that they know there, there's gonna be some fraud here. You know, there, there just is. And right now, the government is more concerned with getting the cash out the door. Um, I don't know what the government, you know, controls that they have to audit all of this stuff. But that's the rules they're telling us is that, yes, you can apply for both programs, but you can't inter intermingle the money. So you better, you know, you want to keep good, close accounting and how you're using both, the, both those funds in case you ever do get audited. All right. So if you're watching this, no, no uh, gaming the system. Right. 
Don't hoard the toilet paper. Don't hoard the loan money. No double dipping. No double dipping. Um, I have a, an interesting question here, and it's very, very specific. And so someone asks, if I furlough employees starting Friday, rehire them when they are allowed to reopen, mm -hmm. accept a PPP loan at that point, is that forgivable, or do they have to keep them on the payroll now because they're in Illinois and they have to shut down now? It's only from the time that you accept your PPP loan. So, you know, it's, you're going to agree with your banker as to what the period is for forgiveness. And I will say this, the SBA is giving a lot of leeway to its bankers because it just does not have uh, the resources to, to get too deep down into the, into the weeds here. So if you get accepted for a loan, but then you say, listen, I'm, I'm going to lay my employees off. I'm going to bring them back in a month. And then I'd like to get the loan starting that month. And then I'm going to be incurring payroll costs after that. Um, again, as long as you're within the period up to June 30th and, you know, you can use four weeks of that or eight weeks is the maximum, uh, that would be, you know, acceptable and eligible for forgiveness. So it really, the clock only starts ticking on retaining those employees once you accept the loan. Correct. And it's really going to start clicking. I, you know, and I think it's the same thing we're talking about, Bill, is when you, when you sign the loan docs with your, with your SBA banker, which is like you just said, when you accept the loan. Yeah, I will say that... Um, you know, again, as, as we're, we're getting further into this, this thing with the Paycheck Protection Program, this is definitely a deal between you and your banker. You know, I mean, the SBA is giving the guidelines to the banks, and then they're basically saying, you guys run with it, right? So in the end, you're going to have a loan agreement with your banker, which they're going to have guaranteed by the SBA on their side. So you want to really go through that agreement in, in detail. You want to make sure that the terms are what you expected them to be. Their forgiveness calculation is what you expected it to be, like we're just discussing. Uh, and, and as well, things like you just said, you know, Bill, like, you know, when the, that loan starts and when the forgiveness period starts and when it ends. All of that is very important to know. But in the end, it's in the loan agreement between you and your banker. And um, is this money that is specifically being given for the purpose of a loan? So this isn't money that the banks are going to take and use in any way um, to enhance their own profitability. This is money that they are specifically given, and correct me if I'm wrong, yep. for the purpose of getting out into the marketplace. That is correct. My, my, um, I tell you one thing, guys, the, um, you know, and this is why you want to speed up the process. I, I have a concern about the banking system, uh, the banks in general. I, these loans are not very profitable for a lot of these banks. They're low interest, and they're, a lot of it's going to be forgiven. So if you think about it and you're a banker, you think like, how am I really making a lot of money on this? You know, now some smart bankers will use this as an opportunity to establish relationships with small businesses and customers that they might not have you know, had the opportunity before, but they're also going to get inundated with a lot of people asking a lot of questions, and a lot of running around. And I do get a little concerned that not all the banks are going to be like so motivated to do all of this because it's, it's going to be a lot of headaches for the banks. Okay, so you're talking about headaches. You're not talking about there being concerned about banking. I want to be really clear. Oh, no, yeah, good point. I'm not saying right now, I'm not, and that's a whole other conversation why this recession that we are in right now and will continue is nothing like 2009. Banking system is fine right now. Okay, I just want to make sure because you, you know the, the mindset that's, that's out there now. The last sure. thing you want to do is, the best thing we can do, I think, is create clarity um, and give correct Agreed. information. Agreed. So... Um, okay, so I have another question here. Boy, I tell you, these pe people are really interested in what you have to say. We're yeah, people are people are really into this. I just as an aside, like I didn't. You know, I, I we were talking before. I was, did a bunch of TV stuff uh, recently 
I'll be on Fox and Friends in the morning as well, talking about this, but not in, not in this much detail. Uh, but I did one appearance and I gave my Twitter address. Um, it's at Gene Marks, by the way, G-E-M-A-R-K-S. Uh, you can feel free to tweet any questions to me. I got buried on Saturday with me. There's a lot of business owners out there that really want to know. And a lot of people are scared. You know, I mean, I get it. It's, it's scary and they want to take advantage of these programs. Well, you have a very valuable asset right now, which is knowledge that people need. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true. But it, it's an asset that uh, uh, I just, I'm trying to get the word out to as many people as possible uh, because I, I think a lot of people need help. Well, I think that rebound in your favor over time through trust and building relationships. So we have another question here. Um, I'm not sure if you already answered this. What about statutory employees, statutory employees who file Schedule C's like an independent contractor? Right. Well, I mean, if you first of all, you file Schedule C and you're an independent, if you yourself are an independent contractor filing Schedule C, um, again, you can you can try and get the business loan or the Paycheck Protection Program as well. You're at, you're eligible to apply for those through the SBA. Uh, my my recommendation though is to go for uh, you know for unemployment insurance uh, because again, the unemployment insurance is a it, it's replacing income loss. Those loans really designed to uh, provide working capital uh, and help you with operational costs. So they, they have like sort of different objectives in mind. How does this interact with unemployment? Because somebody asks, if you choose to sign up for that option, do you still have to actively seek employment each week and report that to the <laughs> Employment Security Commission? Yeah, I mean, you have to still follow the rules. I mean, that's, that's the assumption here. So um, whatever rules that your state has for unemployment, you're going to need to continue to do that, obviously. You can try to seek employment in an area where we have 30% unemployment right now. Uh, it's going to make it a little bit more challenging. But yeah, you still have to apply by the rules. Um, what about people who, and again, this is a question, what about somebody who accepts unemployment for eight weeks? That runs out in June. July. Apply, or July. Can they then apply for this program? Yeah, I mean, um, this program ends on June 30th. So, you know, if you accept unemployment and it, you know, and it runs out and it's after June 30th, then, uh, you know, you're going to be out of luck. If you apply for this program before June 30th and you're on unemployment, you're going to have to disclose that. So it's a likelihood that you won't be accepted into the program. So you're really going to have to choose one or the other. Some difficult choices. Mm. Um, somebody asks if they apply for the Paycheck Protection as an LLC with a home office, can they use that money toward rent and utilities or just a percentage of what part of the home, is, like what part of the home is their office? Just the percentage is, is what it is. So, I mean, it's not, it's not designed to pay for your personal mortgage or your personal utilities. Uh, these are business loans. So uh, the intention is, is that you're going to be paying just that portion for uh, that your home office is using for, you know, for rent and for utilities. Um, and again, your banker is going to remind you of that as well, because you're going to be going through your banker. Okay, another interesting question. Somebody says they still have a little bit of business trickling in, okay. a lot has been canceled, placed on hold. Can they apply for unemployment while they still have business trickling in? And I hmm. guess the sole proprietor, that's an interesting kind of a question. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it really is um, going to be up to the state to decide whether or not they accept you in for unemployment and what, you know, what, what the minimum amount of income that you have to show that will be applicable for that state. So uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to apply to your state and find that out. I I, I really don't I really don't know. Mm -hmm. They're gonna they're gonna have you disclose as part of their application process if you do have any income coming in. 
Um, so that's going to have to be made you know, legally done, and then they're going to have to make that decision. Just bear in mind, guys, that um, you know this whole concept of independent contractors and sole proprietors and all that applying for unemployment. States have never had to deal with that before. You know, I mean, it's always just been employees. So even their forms when you apply, I'm hearing from a lot of people that didn't even have any, uh, you know, uh, you know, room to, to, to fill out, you know, but to say that, look, I'm not an employee. Who's your employer? Like, I don't have an employer. So the states are playing catch up ball and how they're going to evaluate independent contractors, I bet is going to be, um, is going to vary by state until the federal government gets around to coming down with some kind of guidelines. And that clearly is not going to happen right away. Great. So someone says if they have salespeople who are employees and the company play, pays payroll, but they are a statuary employee, mm -hmm. how does that affect the calculation of payroll? Well, when you say, I'm not quite sure what we mean with salespeople being statuary or statutory employees. Um, so I would need a little bit more clarification on that. I can say yeah, that. Retype your question. <laughs> yeah, really, I'm just retyping it. Um, but I, I can say this much, Bill. If you know, if you've got you know salespeople that are uh, employees of you and you want to keep them working, and I really do recommend that you do. Um, you know, again, apply for the payroll protection program because that will fund uh, their 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 compensation. And remember, you can you're going to put in to see what's available. That's that 2.5 times calculation. Uh, to see what's available for you. And then after it's all over, after June 30th, you'll put in for their actual expenses. And uh, even if, the, you know, if those salespeople wound up selling stuff and getting you know, commissions and that's part of their payments, that can also be um, you know, forgivable expenses on your loan. Okay. Uh, somebody asks on unemployment, how does the extra $600 work? <laughs> well, the extra $600 is being added to everybody's paycheck uh, as, an, as an additional amount that people are getting for unemployment. And that's, it's just across the board. Um, it depends, again, you know, the states have their rules as to who can accept unemployment and what the maximum unemployment is, but whatever unemployment that you would be receiving normally under your state, uh, the federal government is literally adding an additional $600 onto that. Uh, the idea there is, you know, uh, the politicians say that for the average employee, it should almost pay for their, you know, 100% of their compensation. Um, obviously, if you're a little bit of a higher paid employee, then it might not be 100%. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's a big bonus. And it's 600 bucks a week. So it's a lot of money. It really is. Um, so the, the person who asked that question about salespeople, um, she says they file as statutory employees. Does that? Okay. Don't know what that means. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I'm sorry, and it might just be me. I, I apologize. I, no, I, I suspect it's a more complex question, and it's difficult in this format to try to yeah uh, get the, all of the nuances of into. I mean, you're really being incredibly patient. I hope folks really appreciate how difficult this is for Gene on the other end to to try to field all of these questions, very specific questions on the fly. We really do appreciate. They're great it. questions, and it's so important. It's so important. Somebody asks if you apply for the ten thousand dollar grant. Do you have to then complete and take the loan if you're approved? Great question. So yeah, so if you are, you know, if you are approved, and by the way, I think I mentioned this earlier, this was like kind of like a new little curveball they threw out. So the way the Treasury Department is explaining it is that if you, you apply for the loan, you can apply for this $10,000 and uh, grant, they will forward you the $10,000 grant. If you get declined for the loan, um, you can keep the money. If you get accepted for the loan, then that gets added to the loan. So the understanding is, is that if you're going to take the $10,000, 
you're going to be on the hook for at least that $10,000 if they accept you for the loan. So you have to be prepared to pay that off. I, I will say that ten, just a couple of things in mind. It's 10,000. This is the economic injury disaster program. So again, you could you know, negotiate to have a paid off over 30 years at 3.75% interest. So um, it really would be a pretty small amount that you're paying down every month. And you would have the, the option uh, to, to pay that back earlier. I have a question about independent designers who might be paid royalties, people mm. who get royalties. Um, they may get some royalties, but may not be able to work other than to receive the royalties for for things for work previously done. So for example, if you're a furniture designer, you've completed a project and you get ongoing royalties sure. as a result of past work, sure. but you have no new work coming in. Um, are they eligible as independent contractors for these programs? So they are eligible. Uh, you are going to have to plead your case to your state's unemployment. Again, you wanna go for unemployment because again, we're talking about loss of income. Um, you're gonna have to plead your case to your state's unemployment agency and keep your fingers crossed that you're actually talking to somebody who understands that concept that you're getting royalties for prior work, but all of your current work has dried up. Um, and bear in mind that, you know, depending on the level of royalties that you're getting, it may exceed an amount that the unemployment, you know, the unemployment agency may approve uh, for you getting unemployment. Okay. Um, we're coming toward the end here, but I do still have some questions. So sure. do you still use, someone's asking, do you still use go to the SBA website to sign up for the unemployment and is each state no. required to include 1099 employees now? Okay, so no and yes. So do not go to the SBA website if you're looking for unemployment, you've got to go to your state um, and every state is required. This is again, this is federal legislation uh, to provide unemployment to independent contractors and to add that $600. They're being funded from the federal government to do that. And by the way, even to add that, I wasn't asked, but sometimes people do ask this question. If you work in multiple states, uh, which that, you know, I, I have clients that do that, um, you have to apply for unemployment in each of those states um, and show, you know, whatever income you were making there. So you would be getting different checks from each of those states. Um, how the federal government is then going to allocate that $600 extra that you're getting I don't know the answer to that. And I, I don't even know who the federal government does, um, but that's, that's something that um, even regardless, you should be going after whatever income you made in various states. Great. So Gene, I just want to let you know, lots of people are posting their appreciation. This is really, oh, really enjoying the information. Um, before we sign off, I want to let people know that this video, in case you couldn't take it all in and you want to hear it again, it's going to be up on our website. It's going to be up on this Facebook page. Um, and you can, Gene, you said people can tweet you questions. Yep, Tell so it's a, it's a Gene Marks. It's at G-E-N-E-M-A-R-K-S is my Twitter handle. All my contact information is on there as well if you want to reach out to me other ways. Um, and also, I, I've... We've been talking about this for a week now since all this has been going on, and I cannot even tell you how the information has been changing from the Treasury Department and the SBA, right? Big surprise. So if something does change after you've watched this video or you're still not sure of something, just tweet at me, and I'll let you know, you know if it has changed or confirmed you know, any of those facts. So uh, bear with us. It's, it's a moving target. Gene, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good luck. All right. Thank you. And Good luck. I hope you uh, don't get overwhelmed on Twitter, but I hope people tune in to get lots of great information. Good luck. Bye-bye now.